Okay, we head back past almost <laughs> Ephesians. Just thinking the thought there of chapter 6 and verse 9 and looking at the masters and their attitude that they should have. We've looked at the children obeying the parents, fathers provoking not children, servants obeying the masters and um, with the right attitude, not with eye service, doing the will of God and all is God's will in our lives and all we do is in his ministry. And then he gets on to masters and looked at this for a couple of weeks. Ye masters do the same things unto them. As we said last week, looked at Joseph and uh, servanthood and how to be a true servant even under dire circumstances. And we're looking at, we began to look at um, the book of Philemon last week or the introduction to it, the three main characters, Tychicus, Philemon and Onesimus. And on the bulletin, on the back of the bulletin, we looked at last week, Tychicus, a godly mailman. What three books did he, and it seems that uh, he, was, he, was walk, he was walking and talking and bringing Onesimus back from being saved under Paul's ministry in Rome, and uh, all that distance he was bringing three books, three original books, three important books for the church back to the different churches on his way through from the hand of Paul inspired writings now I don't think he probably realised the awesomeness of what he had in his hand and the robbers on the way he might have had an armed guard but he had a better guard didn't he a heavenly guard to bring these things safely to their destination the book of Ephesians the book of Colossians and the book of Philemon it seems we're the uh, godly mailman's business, Tychicus. Philemon, and who is he? Well, he's the master that we uh, go for an example to tonight and how they should treat their servants. Uh, we've looked at servants obeying the masters, now masters how they should treat as Christians, as servants. And then Onesimus, well, he's just the runaway slave. <laughs> just the runaway slave, converted runaway slave the converted runaway sinner he probably had a lot of mixed emotions we said last week imagine walking there to Philemon's house Tychicus and uh, Onesimus and all the feelings what would he what might have he felt like Onesimus when he's coming toward their familiar territory he probably lived all his life as a slave and uh, seeing the buildings and the smelling the smells and that, what might have you felt like doing? What would have you felt like doing? Run away. Run away, <laughs> again, <laughs> like he had already done. But uh, I think Tychicus was, <laughs> come on, keep coming, keep coming. you got a good letter in your hand. I wonder, I'm sure they read it before they got home. Or was it sealed envelope? <laughs> and, and what Paul had written to Philemon, we don't know. <laughs> but if they knew the content of it, I think he had, gave, gave him a bit of uh, assurance that he would be accepted by his old boss. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word and bless it to our hearts as we think as, uh, of ourselves as your servants and 
Lord, may we be under our master's control. We know that you are a wise master, a benevolent master, one that knows the best for us in our lives. And Lord, that we must accept that in all things we know work for our good to your glory. And bless the thoughts as we go through this little book of Philemon briefly tonight in Grant us wisdom and understanding and application of the truths that contained in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so let's go to Philemon. Leaving from Ephesians 6, uh, 6 9. Masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing threatenings. We've looked at this, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there any respect of persons with him. And so we always should get our prime example from the Lord in, in situations we face. How does he treat us? Supreme God of the universe. How does he treat us? Very benevolently. Very great. Well, uh, last night. For those who were there last night. He treats us very Gracious. graciously. Thank you. And uh, the word of the, in the Old Testament, very mercifully. Yeah. And uh, the different, very long suffering in, in his long suffering toward us. Um, <clears throat> that was a summary of the three last lessons, I think. Okay, we go to Philemon, yep, a prisoner, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved fellow labourer, and to our beloved Fia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to all the church in thy house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have Paul's appreciation for Philemon in these and the next three, four verses, down to verse 7. And we see from these verses, and we're just briefly going over it to get the picture of, and to get to the point of the master's attitude toward the slave or the servant. Philemon is a family man. We see that in the first three verses. His wife is named Aphia. His son's name is Archippus. How well did Paul know these people? Very well. He knew them well. They were saved through him being there and living in their house. So he, he knew the rooms, he knew the kitchen, he knew what they cooked, he knew them. And so his appreciation and praise is given for Philemon from the Apostle. He's a family man there, as it's given in those in that first three, the first three verses, the different names that are given, and grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Philemon also is a faithful man. Verse 4 and 5, I thank God, he said, making mention of thee always in my prayers. Now, I think if Paul said that, he would have been what? Doing it. How often do we say, I'll pray for you, and we fail, and we get to the end of the day, oh, I forgot to pray that person I promised to pray for. And Paul had many people from across the known world on his heart. The, the burden of all the churches. He, he said that in one scripture. So Paul gives thanks for Philemon's faith, doesn't he? A faithful man. The just shall live by faith. It says in scripture, or in Hebrews, in Hebrews 11:6, without faith it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is 
and a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So Philemon had come from unsaved, heathen background to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and Paul remembers that. Philemon is a faithful man, and it's required of stewards that a man be found faithful. It seems the church was in his house. He was committed. He was, he was, it was costing him to be a Christian. What does it cost you and I to be a Christian? Tells how deep our faith is often, how much the Lord can trust us with. And often, there are, as we discovered last night, there won't be all blessings. Often, or more often than not, the trials and tribulations will come to those that are faithful in the Lord to make them and help us to grow. So he's a family man, as his wife is introduced and his son is introduced. He's a faithful man, as Paul gave thanks for him there, <clears throat> hearing the hearing of thy love and faith in verse 5, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. Love and faith toward them. And then he's a fr fruitful man, verses 6 and 7, that, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. He befriended and encouraged both Paul and many other believers. He was a fruitful man in ministry. And often that word, the third word there, that thy communication or the communication of thy faith. It's, it's more than we think of communicating with one another, talking about things. But this, this sort of communication is mentioned elsewhere, I think, in Scripture as, as another sort. What is that communication or could it be? Yeah, daily living and giving, did you say? And yep, and and giving. Giving giving. If the church is in your house, you're given. <laughs> and you're given a lot. A lot more than others think or know about. And um, a communicating of one's goods and service to other people. Communication. Um, it's used in scripture in 2 Corinthians 8 verses 1 to 6 and verses 11 to 15 about the peop the, those giving there of their substance to others, communicating with them, giving, helping out. And so he, he did this. He was a fruitful man in that he befriended, encouraged and helped other believers. So that's the appreciation and praise for Philemon and Philemon. You know, if you're a suspicious person, what might Philemon, if he, if he was a suspicious person, what might have Philemon already been thinking because he's, he's eyeballing Onesimus up already? Paul is buttering him up. Buttering him up. As I say, he's getting ready to hit home something here because this guy has turned up and he, he, I can, you know, he can be killed as a servant for running away as he did. So there's something coming in the latter as he reads down quickly and there's a, the appeal and plea now for Onesimus as verse 8 through to 17 first of all Paul said forgive him for your own sake wherefore Paul th well, sorry, wherefore though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee being such a one as Paul, the aged. How old was Paul? 
mm-hmm. in his 60s, early 60s. He died in his 60s. And so that was aged at that time. And also, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, who in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now is profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him that is mine own in mine is mine own bowels, with whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto unto me in my bonds and in the gospel. And so just going through a few thoughts here in verses 8 and 10, show kindness to Onesimus. Let's turn back to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. Things change when one becomes a Christian. Attitudes toward others change when we're saved. The love of the Lord is in our hearts. Ephesians 4.32 And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Now remember this, Ephesians was penned about the same time as, well, was handed and taken and distributed to the churches the same time as Philemon was. And that's in Ephesians. So this is running through Paul's mind and heart at this time. And it, it's taken quite a lot. It does in each of our lives. It takes a, a lot to soften us up as Christians to become mature and to be that way. We, some, 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 many times or most times we're young and brash and it takes some hard knocks to temper us and to bring us to usefulness or more, better usefulness you might say. And um, I think this is what Paul has reached and he's encouraging Philemon to be of the same mind, show kindness to Onesimus. You, you've got every right to do what Legally, you, you can, but don't. Don't do that. I beseech thee for my son. My son. Now, when Paul had said that, Philemon's pretty well, you know, I can't do anything to harm this man. He's, he's Paul's son in the faith. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in verse 11 in the past, but now he's very useful to both of us, your son and my son. He's not profitable but he's profitable for you and me at this time. He's now a saved individual. It's a bit like 2 Timothy 4.11, uh, John Mark, where John Mark was, of, as, it, as Paul saw it, of no value. He took off when the t- going got tough. Forget it. But later, he said he is profitable. He is profitable. And so here, Onesimus had become profitable, profitable to both of these men of God. Paul and Philemon and so <clears throat> he is much of much use I really wanted to keep him here Paul said while I'm in these chains and that would have been a great blessing someone to be able to run errands and to and fro and run to the mail or whatever <laughs> get goods that we might that Paul might need in prison but he'd sent him back knowing it was the right thing to do hard thing to do for Paul but the right thing to do um, <clears throat> I didn't want to do anything without your consent, as he said in verses um, 12 and uh, through to 14 there. Whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him that is mine own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing. 
that thy benefit should not be, as it were, of necessity, but willingly. I like that. <laughs> I like that. How much do we defer to another person's decision? Or how much do we jump in and say, this is the decision, I'm going to say it's right and that's it. Paul the Apostle. Paul who did many miracles. Paul who wrote much scripture. Is deferring the decision and giving it to Philemon to make instead of making it himself. That's maturity, isn't it? That's a growing person, a person growing in the Lord. Um, <clears throat> this is a voluntary decision, not a conscripted decision, as we talk about salvation. Uh, <clears throat> uh, we ought to consider, we ought to consult, but not conscript and force people into a decision that's against their will. Uh, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. And uh, Philemon, it's not against your will. You can, I've sent him home, you can do what you think, but this is what I think. Yeah, there was a bit of a <laughs> pressure was turned up on Philemon by Paul, wasn't it? But he's making an appeal for Onesimus here, the runaway slave, without their consent. And I think that's, that's good for a local church too, without the consent. I mean, do it with the consent, not without the consent. I'm not going to do anything without your consent in the church there that's in your house, knowing that you will do the right thing. <laughs> Onesimus run away in verse 15 for a little while so you could have him back forever. Providence. <laughs> He ran away, and who did he run into? The, in prison, <laughs> Paul. How, how that meeting happens, we don't know, but it happened, and it's for eternity now. He's run away that you could have him back forever. <clears throat> I've written down here, oh, to live above, and you know it, with saints we love, that will be glory. But to live below with saints we know, Oh, well, that's a different story. But it shouldn't be. <laughs> it should be a growing relationship, as Paul is encouraging Philemon, the master, to do justice by his slave. There's so many things that could enter into here, so many things we could think about, about how we should treat one another. Is, remember, he's the master, Philemon, and Onesimus, the slave. So forgive him for your own sake. Forgive him for his sake, in verse 16. Now, on, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me. But how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. See, once you become a Christian, you're brothers. <laughs> brother beloved, as it reads here. So give him for, forgive him for his sake. He's a brother in Christ. <clears throat> brotherly love I've got about four references written down there we haven't got time to look at forgive him for his sake brothers and sisters in Christ if a person is willing to walk the right way and to seek forgiveness forgive him and mark him as a brother he wants to walk in the right way and do what is pleasing to the Lord. Take him in as a brother. 
But when there is resistance to truth, resistance to the things you teach, then, of course, Paul wouldn't be recommending him. If this Onesimus was not of the right attitude, Paul wouldn't be saying all these things about him and wouldn't be recommending Philemon to have him back as that. You know, <laughs> among the pastors the other day, was this comments, there was a bit of a discussion going on and was talking about prodigal children that came up and I said, well, it's not wise to have a prodigal child come home while he's still a prodigal. But you do have them come home when they're not a prodigal, when they've repented. The prodigal son, he changed before he got out. And I was, this is what I'm going to say to Dad, forgive me, I've done wrong. And he had the right attitude. For if you bring the prodigal back in, he will corrupt the other ones in the household. And the, this Onesimus was not a prodigal. He'd, he'd gotten saved. He'd, he'd repented. He had faith. He was a brother, beloved. And forgive him not only for his sake, for your own sake, but for my sake. Verse 17, for thou count, if thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. <laughs> I mean, could he say no? <laughs> Precious prayer put on, isn't it? <laughs> no, nah, Philemon had to say, yep, <laughs> he's got to come back in. And I think it was from his heart. It wasn't forced. It was, yes, I will. A brother. So Paul asked Philemon to receive one as an as he would receive the apostle himself. That's a big ask, a humble petition from Paul, who could have swung his authority around. You, know, you just got to do it. I told you. That's it. No, he didn't. He didn't do ministry like that. He might have done it to start with, but he didn't do it in his later life. And we see, for uh, thirdly, the third main thing here, we see the appreciation number one. And praise for Philemon, the appeal and plea for Onesimus and the assurance and pledge from Paul. Verse 18 to the end. If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee or put that on mine account. <clears throat> I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. Philemon, the owner of property and probably fairly wealthy. Paul... A preacher, was he rich or was he poor? He was rich in the Lord but reasonably poor. He, he worked at night to make dents to earn his way. So <laughs> here's the preacher saying to the rich person, look, if there's a problem with money about it, I'll pay it. And if the, if the, the master, Philemon, is truly born again and saved... How could he resist? How could he make the preacher pay when he knew he didn't have a whole lot? And he and Philemon might have been sending regular gifts, who knows, to Paul to keep him on planting churches um, or, in, or support him in prison. Um, <clears throat> if he have wronged thee, who knows how much Onesimus run off with before he took off to, to Rome. He may have stolen stuff. From Philemon, he might have stolen some money and food, and and took off then. Um, put on my account. So I don't know how Paul was going to pay it, but he, uh, and how he's going to do it too. Yeah, th th these are hundreds of miles apart. He couldn't go down to the hole in the wall and, or, or and use his credit card to transfer money into 
<laughs> Philemon's account. There was none of that. There would have been months to get it to him. But he said, I'll do it. He did say that he'd come and visit one day and maybe he was thinking of doing it then if Philemon wanted the money. So as the guarantee, he goes, guarantor for Onesimus, Paul does, I'll promise to pay the debt that he owes. The <clears throat> gentle reminder, and all these can, can have applications of the Lord and how he's paid the price for us, gone guarantor. Um, you can think of those as well. Looking more at the master's attitude toward the servant here. A gentle reminder in verse 19, Paul gives to Philemon, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self beside. Argument's getting pretty heavy now. <laughs> hey, listen, Philemon, if I didn't meet you and I didn't knock on your door, I don't know if he knocked on it and talked to him about getting saved, but if we didn't meet, you'd be on your way to hell. That's what he's saying, isn't it? <laughs> you owe your life to me. You owe your eternal life to me. It amazes me that a lot of some Christians, I'm not saying a lot, but some Christians don't care about the one, whether it be their parents or the pastor or the deacon or the Sunday school teacher, who has invested in their life so much and they treat them cheaply. It's a, it's a blight, it's a mark on our characters if we do that to those. The Corinthians did it to Paul, didn't they? You know, who are you to tell us what to do? Well, I'm only the person that led you to the Lord. <laughs> we will be thankful for those. I think we sing it in a song, don't we? And I think it might be in the Wiles book about that. Uh, <clears throat> Paul, yeah, yeah. we shine as the stars forever, those that win souls to the Lord. And so Paul could put this argument right to him. A gentle reminder, remember, you'd be on your way to hell if it wasn't for me knocking on your door and uh, giving you the gospel. And Paul and the Galatians, it, the Galatians were like that too. The Corinthians were like that with Paul. Paul said, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. What's gone wrong? What's happened? Is it because I'm telling you the truth and you don't like it? And your response is, get nasty with me? And what Paul said, hey, it happens in ministry. And I'm amazed that people do it. They're not, they're not thinking, or well, they're not Christians <laughs> in that response. And the guest room, verse we read on, Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord, having confidence in thy obedience. You know, I know you'll, you'll do what I've said. <laughs> I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do this, and more than I say. You'll go over and beyond. But with all, prepare me also a lodging, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be given to you. In other words, get out of prison. <laughs> and then, so he's saying, prepare a room, I'm coming past again. And we can have sweet fellowship. And can you imagine if that happened again and Paul went to Philemon's house and Onesimus is there as a servant and they're all gathered in the lounge room, if they had one. No, on the rooftop. That'll be better in those days. And they had one big, happy fellowship. <laughs> I pray that it worked out like that. I, I think it did. <laughs> that there would have been a great time of rejoicing. 
that's masters and servants. Hey, we wouldn't need unions, would we, if it was like this? <laughs> we wouldn't need someone to plead our case in some court or industrial thing. And there won't be that sort of thing in the millennium. There won't be need of that sort of thing. Because they'll do it from the heart. They'll do it because they want to do it. They'll do it to please God. Any thoughts on Philemon? That's a real quick, brief one. <laughs> but just looking at masters and servants. So if you ever become the boss someday, remember when you were a servant and how you like to be treated. <laughs> remember Philemon and how Paul instructed him to react to this runaway slave. <laughs>